Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time for the Bears Podcast with actor, comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Exciting, exciting Bears victory in week one. No, wait, what? No, I stopped watching at halftime. They were terrible. I turned it off. Couldn't watch it anymore. Oh, you, you don't know what happened? <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you. I got to record it. I guess I go back and watch it later. Yeah. Would they lose like forty to nothing? Something well, I, again, awful. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's a right. spoiler for those who haven't seen the game. That's yeah. Um, as always, you can um, subscribe to this uh, fabulous podcast for free wherever you, wherever your fine podcasts are sold. And uh, for a few more days, you can get 15% off the Pointless Exercise newsletter by just going and clicking, and it will present itself to you. That's how that works, right? Um, I've got a new... Uh, I, I, hopefully, by the time the podcast is out, there will be a new bear-themed T-shirt. Oh, boy. I did get a complaint. About the um, the the Bears thirty five Andy shirt That's from a, a reader who wanted okay. to know why it, it, my name had to be on it. <laughs> like, that was kind of the point of the joke. Kind of the joke. But, yeah. uh, apparently, he liked the shirt. He just wanted my name off of it. I guess I could take one without it, and he could just buy the shirt. But <laughs> then it just becomes a knockoff uh, Neil Anderson jersey, probably. Ryan yeah, All. Maybe. Do they have a thirty five now? I'm sure they do. I don't know, 35... Carry yeah. blessing game? He might have been 25. He's rolling Harper, rolling Harper to me. That's that's what it was, that the original shirt, too. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, how can people uh, keep up with uh, your um, comedic and uh, thespian activities out on the West Coast? Uh, people can find me and my dog, who you hear barking back there, at uh, on Twitter, at Mike Pusateri, and on the Instagram, at, at I am Mike Pusateri. That's I am. Mike Pusateri. I am. I am. I I A M. All right. Mike, and then Pusateri, like it's normally spelled. It was like on the. We spent five minutes on the uh, Remember This Crap podcast trying to trying to figure out if you can pronounce um, actor Mark Harmon's name any differently than uh, new Chuggo podcaster Mark Carmen. Oh, the tongue twister. That's Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. Mark, Mark Harmon. Harmon. It's the Mark same. Harmon. Mark Harmon. <laughs> Is Mark Harmon in the parking lot? So I think the um, uh, thing we need to talk about ad nauseum, if the Bears were in their uh, their Pleasure Dome up in Arlington Heights on Sunday, would they have won? Isn't this an argument why they should never put a roof on Soldier Field on the off chance that you get six inches of rain in an hour and you're you're playing a team um, that's better than you and you end up winning. Yeah, it is an argument for that, but who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, look, terrible conditions in football always, always, always benefit the weaker team. They always do. They, they even things out. But here's my so hot that, take. Go ahead. I think the Niners offense was better suited to playing in that slop than the Bears offense is. Because the Niners well, weren't going to throw the ball very much with Trey Lance, and the Bears, two thirds of their game plan was Justin Fields throwing, and there he is. You know, what really what helped the Bears out, of course, was they got the lead, and then the rain really came in, and you had a bad quarterback right. for the Niners in a monsoon, and the Niners were completely fucked. Right, right. No, but you're right. But it's statistically, I mean, the Niners significantly outgained the Bears rushing and and passing as well. So they they. 
the Bears look. The Bears had they they won a game they had no business winning, and that's fine. That's good. God knows we've they've lost they've lost their fair share of games they should have won. So it's good they can pick up a win in a game that they should have probably uh, you know they they probably should have lost. But uh, yeah, I don't think we can. I think we can enjoy the victory. Obviously, yes, the conditions were the same for both teams. Of course, the defense stepped up. The they 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 got the big turnover. They seem energized. They seem with the, they were hustling, flying to the ball, all that. I think we can say all that. We can also say we really can't take a whole lot out of this game. This was you in a month. I've already, I've already bought Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> I don't even know where the Super Bowl is this year, but I've already bought. It tickets. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, my friend. We're going Bears. It's in Qatar, right? The yeah, World it's a Cup Qatar. and the right Super Bowl are World both Cup. in Qatar. Right. Same so John Ham's, John Ham's going to have to do like another like a Super Bowl commercial then. To inform people about that, yeah. So you know, it was fun. It was great. It was a lot of fun to watch from your, from the comfort of your couch. I can't imagine yeah, it was a lot oh. of fun to watch in Soldier Field. But I went to a um, I went to a Notre Dame game. I'm sorry. I went to a Notre Dame game in the. No, I heard. I heard you. Oh, just, sorry, in sorry, weather you. just <laughs> like that, it was. No, I actually did too. West I, I've been to one of those. Oh. It could not. It was the most miserable. At least my my friend uh, my friend Neil had. Um, Worked for uh, the phone company, so he went in and he got the big yellow suits that the that the phone co- the, the repairman like the rain, wear the rain suits that okay, are yeah. like super thick. So we we were relatively comfortable sitting there in that stuff. Yeah, at least we weren't we weren't soaked from head to toe for the entire game. But it would the wind would blow it in. You know, you have to be able oh. to see it would just blow it in. Then it would it would yeah. roll down your back. And we're looking at people around us are just they're completely soaked, and it's like fifty degrees. Yeah, it's the worst. Miserable. Then you got to sit sit down in your car and with your 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 wet ass and drive three hours home or whatever. Yeah, it's like the people that uh, when we were kids they go go to Great America and they would go on the water ride last. (laughs) No, you do that first. You spend the whole day drying out and getting your developing your rash. You don't wait and then sit in the car and ruin the seats. No, you're you're doing this wrong. Um, there were a few things I was disoriented by this game quite a bit. Um, there are a few things I didn't think were legal. The Bears, they called a timeout at one point, and then they did not have a penalty immediately before the play. Shocking. I th- Matt Nagy had given me convinced that they, that you have to do that. That's a penalty for calling a timeout. Is you have to commit a penalty. Right. The other thing they did at halftime, they completely changed uh, the way they were going to run their offense for the rest of the game. And I also right. was told that could never happen. Can't do that. No, not you enough just time. go in the right. room, you stare at each other, and then you come back out and you do the same shit. And you wonder why it doesn't work. Right. It was right. Very concerning. Yeah. Everything it was. I've learned it was. about football. Right out the. See, way. you have to unlearn it now. Yeah. But you know, we should talk about the the first half was pretty awful, was, and the first half looked awfully Nagy esque. Um. Well, it was, actually, here's where I think it didn't. Luke Getzey was pissing me off because yeah. it was very John Shoup esque. I thought, where yeah. like they had a third and eight at their at the eighteen or something, and they just they basically they ran just hand it to David Montgomery, let him fall down, and we're going to punt. Right. Nagy would not have allowed that. That would have been we're backed up and we are chucking it around. And what would have happened is that they wouldn't have been down seven nothing at halftime. They would have been down twenty eight to nothing at halftime. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> the, what the bear, what it looked like, and I, at the time, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? This is ridiculous. This offense is... is the old, we have terrible field position this whole half. Right. We can't win the game in the first half, but we can lose it. And we're going to have to be comfortable enough to let our uh, let Trenton Gill swim out and um, and kick the ball repeatedly. And that's what they did. And it, when, they, when field position turned around in the second half, then all of a sudden they got far more aggressive. And I I want to believe because I have to believe if this team is, you know, to think it's on the right track. They were smart enough in the first half to go. We're gonna we're gonna just have to keep on it back until we can flip the field around. Right. I mean, that's what I think they did. And the only reason I think they did is because in the second half they weren't turtling anymore. They sure. they got the Niners on their heels and they just went after. Them. Right. They did. Right. Right. So yeah, that's progress for sure. But still, it was a pretty ugly first oh, half. It was of awful football. It was kind of like, wow, this looks a, this looks a lot like the last couple of years. They were running a lot of the a lot of our favorite plays, though. Um, the hand it to, to hand it to Dave Montgomery and let four guys jump on him before he can get to the line of scrimmage. That's that's a classic, good play. I like that classic play. play. Yeah. Although right. here's a th- here's a question: How come in this game when they gave the ball to Khalil Herbert? There weren't four guys on top of him, and he didn't. You know, Dave Montgomery gained 26 yards on 17 carries. Cleo yeah, Roberts gained 45 on nine. That's better, I that's would better. say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like Dave Montgomery. I think he's a tough guy. Uh, he catches the ball well. They're going to have to get him a little more involved that way. But he's not fast. Well, this goes to your thing that about you're talking. You're kind of alluding to the the contract situation, right? That he is well, yeah, he's not a guy. Is, this should be his final year as a bear. Yeah. He can go make his money on some other team because yeah. only dumb teams pay their running backs. You just right. wash and repeat. You get a new one next year, and you'll still right. have Herbert. And who's, then in a year, yeah. he's got to go, and somebody else has got to come in and be the running. Yeah. Back. It's definitely the easiest. It's the easiest position to replace in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Derrick Henry. Then you probably pay him and right. let him you know, run into people. If you had Walter Payton, you would not have. You have Walter Payton now, you wouldn't be like, well, he's a fungible running back. He's not. But Dave Montgomery right. is is maybe less than replacement value, not even replacement value. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed um, uh, Moose Johnson. You did not enjoy Moose Johnson. Moose had a rough day with names. Yes. I mean, I know I, he, he hit his head into people for 15 years yeah. maybe it's starting to um, catch one, up actually in my notes as I was writing along with the game I didn't know who Dre Greenlaw was but I wrote Drake like four times when I was writing stuff up because that's what Moose was calling him and it yeah. wasn't like it sounds like he's saying Drake not like the Mark Harmon Mark Carmen thing he was calling him Drake maybe yeah. he was staying at the Drake and he had Drake on the brain but he was calling him that hate the um, Drake You've got to love the Drake. Yeah, it was it was weird. And of course, Equinemius St. John. Yeah, or St. James. St. James, I think. Oh, it was a Susan St. James. A Susan St. James uh, homage. Yeah. She's she's from Rockford. So he probably, oh, that's had, probably what it was. That's what it today, was. actually at lunch, I would have driven by her uh, her childhood See. home. Uh, right, right on the right on the river. Very nice place. Oh, very nice. Um it's a national landmark in Rockford. And he didn't even call him Equinemius. 
How yeah. do you get how do you get the hard part of the name right? He gets equanimous right, and He's then the fucks up the Saint Brown part. And yeah. it's not like Equinemius's brother uh, plays for a team in the NFL, too. No, it's no. not like that at all. No. <laughs> you see, they scored touchdowns three minutes apart. Oh, I didn't see that. That's that's cool. That's that. So. I like that. Um, yeah, he, there was another name, too. I think he called Justin Fields Justin Herbert once, but you can kind of forgive that, I guess. Can you? Can you forgive that? Well, Kyle Brandt called him that on Good Morning Football the next day, I noticed. So. Yeah. Of course, there's a difference, right? Like, in that show, they're talking about all the teams. They're, yeah. they're going from segment to segment talking about everybody. We're Moose. He's talking about two teams. So maybe he, maybe you should be able to get the name right. He's theori- theoretically been prepared for these, for these two teams all week. So, um, I was most impressed that the Bears won despite a very poor game from the greatest player in the NFL, Cairo Santos. Absolutely. Um, and we learned a new rule. I'm amazed there's a rule for this because it's so stupid. What are you accomplishing on a soaked field with a towel that's been rained on? It's a you have a wet towel and you're sopping up water off of a wet field. Yeah, you're basically three feet underwater. What what is a towel supposed to do? The penalty should be something different. The penalty should be if you bring a a towel out on the field, the ref stops the game, he ties the towel over your – he blocks your face with the towel, and you have to to kick blind. Or maybe you tie the towel to the football, and then you have to kick it that way. (laughs) It snaps back at you. That's a pretty harsh penalty. It's a 15-yard penalty for bringing a towel on the field. Unsportsmanlike conduct, correct? Isn't that so? so Yes. So it's sportsmanlike a towel. That's actually like that. Actually, is is like that ridiculous penalty. Actually, fits the the fancy name for the penalty that they get. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, you're not being sporting because you're trying to give yourself an advantage by yeah. you know mopping up a soaked grass field. Meanwhile, for me, and I'm sure most Cubs fans, it just brought up nightmares of the towel drill. I, yep. I have expected Mark, Mark Pryor to be out there. Yeah, Larry Rothschild, arms folded, just standing next to Cairo on the sidelines. Like, you still have the towel. No, you, you lost it. What are we supposed to use now? Um, so Cairo not only, so that cost the Bears three points. We were assuming at the time Cairo never misses was going to make that field goal. Uh, but then when he shanked two extra points, kicking one almost sideways, um, maybe a little less convinced that, they, that it cost them five points. <laughs> yeah. I had to change my notes, as I'm sure you did, too. I'm like, well, no, we didn't make that extra point. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, because normally, I mean, I've told you, I think that Cairo should be able to go out on the field, just point at the uprights, and it's good. Yeah. You don't even need, but don't bother to kick it. He's not going to miss. Right. Maybe you could just go out there with a with a like a a green colored towel and just throw that. <laughs> I feel like that counts. That's an extra point. Um, no, this, after a bear touchdown, the ref should run over and go, "Are you going for two, or should we just put the one up on the board?" That's the, that's the whole question. See, that's a pace of play thing right there. Let's just do that. Now, why and, make Cairo and, go out and do that? So what? Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the kicking hijinks that went on around the league, but especially in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Um, Cairo had an excuse. He was playing in a 
the Great Lakes version of a tropical storm. Yeah. The other guys, perfect conditions, just kicking the ball all over the place, just ridiculously. So I haven't lost any confidence in Cairo. Right. I'm glad you have. Glad you have. Uh, the other thing uh, that he um, uh, had to deal with was he bitched about the turf, the old turf. And he was right. saying that he basically was, during all summer, he went to parks and he found the worst grass he could to practice on because the field at Soldier Field is so terrible. But then they put in this cure-all, the Bermuda grass, the bare Bermuda grass. That they right, right, right. Yeah. And now he's got this perfect, like, you know, it's basically like a pool table. It's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Can we ask, why did it take 50 years of playing in Soldier Field for somebody to go, you know, maybe we should use a different grass? Do you know who somebody was? Well, it was it was Eberflus. It was Matt Eberflus. The coach had to tell him had to tell the ground crew what yeah. kind of grass to put in. Right. Uh, we couldn't. Have, nobody in the could have figured this out years ago. Yeah, maybe we should try. A, maybe instead of just planting the same old shit every time and I'm going, I don't know why it comes up and hunks the size. Of, yeah. You know. And by the way, couldn't have. Okay, we'll give him credit for figuring. But couldn't he have figured this out? Like you know, in the week one pregame, preseason game. Well, like, no, uh, I think the whole thing was because the field got destroyed. Lady Gaga destroyed it, I think. I forget who had the concert. Always a, it's always a concert that destroys it, yeah. And then they were going to have to redo it. Matt's like, why? why if you get, if you got to start over, why don't you put a Bermuda grass field in? Yeah. I mean, I was right. kind of his yeah. in was we've got to do it. And he's like, hmm. the other thing is, though, the Bears can't, like, I mean, they the bear all the Bears can do is request because it, it's the park district. Right, right. So they even had to go with all their leverage now. <laughs> oh, by the yeah, way, guys, on, on Thursday, you know, we might <laughs> come to come to Hersey High School. We got this great presentation. But while yeah. we're there, could you replay? Could you just go out and find a completely different kind of grass for the field that right. we're we're abandoning as quickly as we can? Yeah, sure. I thought it was a huge game uh, for the Bears' key offensive weapons, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. <laughs> they combined yes, they for uh, one catch for eight yards. Yeah, it was terrific. They were targeted four times. Uh, you know, it, this is one of these games where he, things didn't look great from a statistical standpoint. No. Um, you know, it's funny too about you know every football every football analysis game analysis from local sports media or sports talk. If it's like a, a two point game, and the, the field goal. Uh, kicker from the team trailing is lined up to make like a 38 yarder. If he makes it, it's like, oh my God, this, this, our team was awesome. We over, you know, we, we showed such great improvement. We did this, we overcame, everything was fantastic. Whereas if he misses the, the 38 yard field goal, it's like, we suck. This is the worst team ever. It's the same game. You're just, there's nothing different between those two scenarios other than the field goal kicker made or missed the kick. And I feel like there's, there's been a lot of that kind of going on. A little bit going on with this game. Yeah, yeah, they made adjustments at halftime, certainly. But it's like, wow, this team made such great adjustments. Like, did they? It was a mon fucking suit. Let's chill out. They got outgained. They got out. Um, they got outgained in terms of rushing and passing. Let's enjoy the victory, but let's not draw too many conclusions. Uh, they got outrushed 176 to 99, outpassed 164 to 121. But the Niners had to throw 11 more times to gain 40 more yards. Yeah, and, and they 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 had the big turnover. That was clearly the you know the key to the game, and good for them. 
That's great. Well, they had two turnovers. The first one directly saved a score. The right. Jalen Johnson punching the ball out. Um, from deep. That was awesome. The peanut punch. That was great. Um, and that's what the defense is supposed to do. Um, right. You know, the so the Matt Eberflus defenses in Indian Indianapolis were routine. I think last year they were they had they created the second most turnovers. They were top five pretty much every year. And that's what this whole thing is designed for, which is we're going to keep you in front of us, and eventually we're just going to steal the damn ball from you. Um, right. And then last year they would have gone to the playoffs, except their their quarterback Carson Wentz was also really good at letting other teams steal the ball from them, putting them in horrible field position. <laughs> quite a bit yes he was um well we talk about that talk about the uh, the hits the hits principle which we're going to hear ad nauseum because it's, it's not only is it an easy acronym for players but for announcers yes they it is love they love them some hits right um but i thought you could really when the bears got when the bears took the lead when they got up for, when they when they got up what 13 to 10 um, I thought you could really see the defense like start to really take it to the Niners. I think part of it was they were excited because they had the lead and they were trying to. Right. And I think part of it was I think that they started to wear the Niners out. I think so. I think I think it, I think that it's a pain in the ass to play against that defense where every time you look up, there's four assholes running at you. You think the play's over, and they're all coming anyway, and you have to deal with that on every single play. And after a while, right. you're just like, would you just knock it off? Stop it. Um, right, right. So I was I was impressed by that. I mean, that was always one of the – it's funny. They're basically running Lovey's defense. Right. I mean, if Iberflus admits he went – saw him, saw Lovey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uses Absolutely. A lot right. Um, and – it's a little more nuanced because it's 20 years later and teams have figured out how to do those things. But all the things that we liked about the Lovey Bears are back. And right. hopefully the things we didn't like about the Lovey Bears, which was a terrible offense, uh, isn't back. But right. it's hard to tell right. after a week. Yeah. Um, but I thought they got, some, they got some really good performances out of their young guys. I mean... Dominique Robinson had a sack and a half in his first game, and they weren't like he wasn't cleaning up like somebody flushed a court, flushed Trey Lance into his lap. You know, he basically grabbed him by the shirt and slung him, <laughs> slung him around on the first sack, and then it was yeah. a race between him and Roquan to get to him the second time. I, I was a little bit worried about Braxton Jones after Nick Bosa pushed him around like a shopping cart, but Nick Bosa's pretty good, and and Braxton actually held up. So. Yeah. The, the offensive, the offensive line looked like, oh, it's the same old shit for the first few drives. And then um, all of a sudden you just kind of stopped worrying about them. Yeah, you kind of did. Like it became an afterthought. Did. It was instead of the, oh, it's going to be a, a siege at the quarterback's <laughs> the passer spot every play. Um, and the Bears had an interesting decision with, so Lucas Patrick healthy enough to play, but not healthy enough to snap a football. So if you're going to play him, you have to play him at guard. Right, and not gonna, he's not going to rotate with Cody Whitehair, so it looked like if, after the first series he comes in, you're like, oh, shit, they benched Tevin already. Well, that doesn't seem yeah. like they gave him much of a chance. But after the first possession, they rotated them every 
they got every, they got two possessions on and then two possessions off, and they both I think one played thirty one plays and one played twenty nine. And Tevin played really well. In fact, there's a he lot did. of highlights of him like making his presence known. In fact, one of them on Bosa. <laughs> Braxton kind of uh, he Bosa had come over and Larry Borum has him like stood up a little bit and Tevin has nobody to block. So he's like, I'm just gonna hit this guy. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just smokes him. And then heads downfield to see if there's anybody else to hit. Um so honestly that probably worked out about as well as it could. You had Tevin making his first real game start ever at guard. And then you had Lucas Patrick who hadn't been in a preseason game. And I don't think Lucas was probably physically in shape to play an entire game. You got to simulate playing at some point. So it probably worked out fine. The NFL's opening week was action packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses. Now, when would that have happened? Let's see. Now, if you had bet on the Niners last week, even though they lost in one of the biggest upsets of the week, and they didn't cover the spread. Actually, you have to bet the money line on this. That's a good tip to let you know you bet the money line on this. Um, the Niners got up by 10. They immediately paid you out. And then, as a Bear fan, if you bet on the Niners... You got the best of both worlds. You got paid for winning the bet, and you got to see the Bears come back and win. So, I'm not saying you should try it again with the Packer game, uh, but you could, I guess. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code POINTLESS to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code POINTLESS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for this podcast for details. Yeah, so Dominique had a good game. I thought yep. uh, that Jaquan Brisker had a good game. Great game by Brisker. Yeah, people. Um, Kyler Gordon, who uh, Moose called Kyle Jordan, <laughs> close enough. Um, he was pretty good. He got yep. turned around by the great Jawan Johnson for a big game at one point. Right. But hey, you can't be perfect. Right. Right. Um. Trent Gill's a rookie. He punted exceptionally. Bears have the Bears have the best kickers in the in the in the whole league. I think that's right. pretty clear. Inarguable. Um, but yeah, on the offensive line. So now, if the Bears will have a decision to make at some point when when Patrick can actually like uh, grip a football, which is important, mm-hmm. I think, uh, for a center. I was Generally. troubled. Troubled by the fact that Matt Eberflus uh, referred to referred to it as the Q-tip. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's not going to fit in your ear. Uh, you shouldn't put a Q-tip. You know the old doctor joke. You shouldn't put anything bigger. Shouldn't put anything in your ear bigger than your elbow. <laughs> well, maybe that's what Matt's going for there. With the, maybe, maybe he cleans maybe. his ears with this enormous Q-tip that he can never accidentally push wax <laughs> down the canal. Right, because he can't get it in there. But that was troubling. Uh, but the great Riley Reef didn't even play. It's $12 million to stand on the sidelines. I'd like to get that. Mm-hmm. Kind of money. 
Um, mm-hmm. This could be laughable in like two weeks or maybe about next week, but the Bears might actually have a little bit of depth on the offensive line. Where last year they couldn't I mean, even I'm scrape not- five people together. They may have like six. And I'm not saying they're a – they don't have road grader offensive linemen. They're not taking over the game. Right. But you simply need them to not be thrown into Justin Fields' lap uh, after every play. I'm withholding judgment on that. There were, there were some – some. we'll see. We'll see. Let's hope so. Yeah. Well, they didn't have but to there drop were back. Times... Didn't have to drop back very much. Well, he only yeah. attempted 21 passes. Only drop back more than that because he scrambled a few times. Right. Um, but there was a noticeable difference in the second half than there was in the first half. And maybe it was the play calling. Maybe that with backed up at their own goal line and them just trying to ram the ball into the line. You know, the Niners defense could kind of tee off on our poor overmatched offensive linemen. But right. Right. Um, I thought that was good. I thought Roquan looked good for a guy who hadn't hit anybody for real in a year. Yep. Um, yep. It was funny. I don't know if you saw the interviews that Stacy Dales did with, uh, we didn't talk about Eddie, but with Eddie Jackson and Roquan after the game. Yeah. And they were both just like super, like, m- m- they were happier than you would even expect. You know, winning your winning a game in the NFL is hard, and winning your opener, the two of them were you know, like ridiculously happy. I think um, Roquan, I think, probably just had fun because <laughs> he hadn't really played football forever. Yeah, um, right, right. You know, I think uh, Eddie getting his first interception since 2019 is a yeah. long time. That's all. It's going to put uh, you in a good mood. Took a, monkey, took a monkey off of his back. Because prior to that, the only thing he would have been remembered for was Debo trucking him on the touchdown run. Yeah, uh, well, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, the the Niners uh, averaged 4.8 yards per carry. The Bears averaged 2.7. They each rushed 37 times, and, and Good, good on the Bears for rushing the ball in a monsoon. I'm not sure Nagy would have done that, but you know, 2.7 yards per carry versus 4.8. There, there's, let's you know, the uh, the analytics, the the membrane, as as Joe Mann would call them, you know, is kind of pointing to there's there's some things to worry about with this team. Well, you can worry about them. You have to worry about them on Sunday when they play the Packers. Presumably not in a monsoon. Right. But it is a matchup of the first place Bears and the last place Packers, which is you gotta love that. Which is how it should be. You gotta love that. Um, so yeah. So what do we think about that game? Um, I was gonna look and see. I probably probably should should have done that since I have a podcast. You know, the Packers got embarrassed in their opener last year. They played New right. Orleans in Jacksonville. Right, and got, got their ass kicked. And just Jameis Winston just took them to the woodshed. Yep. And I believe they came back the next week and beat the Lions, but not by very much before they finally yeah. got their shit together. Right, right. This is definitely reminiscent of their poor start last year. Um, well, they beat them 35-17, to 17, but they were the Lions were up 17-14 at the half. Yeah. So the Packer hangover had lasted six quarters before they outscored the fighting Dan Campbell's 21 to nothing in the second right. half and restored order. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Packers have a, should have a better defense even than they had last year. And they had a good one, but I think yeah. they do have problems on offense. I think they've got, so without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Know, they've, they've got a good tight end, Robert Tunyon, but he's running around with a 
ACL that just got taped back together. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, um, I know a bunch of guys didn't play again. Like the great Alan Lazard was hurt and he's supposed <laughs> to be the number one wide receiver. Cause you know, Devante is off in Vegas. Right. Um, Christian Watson, the guy who was like, okay, well the one thing he can do is go deep, but he doesn't always catch it. They got him wide open. Rodgers hit him in the hands for like a 70 yard touchdown. He just dropped it. Right. Right. Um, that's my favorite thing is just seeing Aaron Rodgers being pissed. The Aaron Rodgers pouty phase is just it's just the most delightful sight, isn't it, on a Sunday? Well, he nobody loves to throw people under the bus quite like him, too. So. Oh yeah, see that slimy bastard. <laughs> and he got so he finally got his hair cut. Uh, yeah, but he still got this weird haircut where he left it like kind of long, just for like. Part, it's kind of like a. It almost looks like when like Hitler would get mad and he would like shake the, you know. And there's this weird hair like sticking out and it's like, is it a short haircut? Why is what is with the rooster things in the back? Just why are you like that? Good lord. But, but there, I mean, you want to talk? It, this game is to me is extraordinarily important. Just in terms of if they can beat, if can you imagine if they can beat this team? In Green Bay, all of a sudden you've got—I think everybody becomes a, a believer in what the Bears are doing. Even if they play now, if they play well, I don't know. That'll be considered a positive, certainly. But if they—if they get blown out, if they lose by say two plus touchdowns or more, I think that's going to be really deflating to this team as well. I mean, this is a big opportunity for them to show: are things different? Is this truly a different direction, or is this kind of the same old Bears? What do you think? Well, I expect them to lose, and lose by two touchdowns. And I don't yeah. expect it to be a demoralizing, to wipe the, to derail their entire season. I mean... You don't. Okay. No. I mean, it's... It would be different if the game were at, were at home. You know, you gotta at least be able to keep it close at home. Um, you know, Remember, so remember the game last year. They go up there and they play that fluky first half with the right. punt return and the long touchdown. And Matt Nagy was so happy. In fact, but I don't even think I think they'd already lost the lead by halftime, right? They were, yeah, it was tied. You no, know, they were up twenty-seven, twenty-one. But the, the the two teams combined for six touchdowns in the second quarter. Each team scored three touchdowns. The Bears kicked a field goal too. And you knew watching it. That it was unsustainable, and they were about they were going to get rolled, and they did. They got outscored twenty four to three in the second half. But Nagy was just like, Woo, "Look at this! Isn't that fun? This is so much fun." Yeah. Um. It's like, well, buddy, I don't think you're any good. Um. See, and if that sort of thing happens, where they get rolled, but I don't think that thing's gonna. I don't think that sort of thing's gonna happen. I don't. I don't see them going up there and just getting lit up. I just think there's a talent deficit. Clearly. The Packers aren't going to want to go 0 2. You know, this whole yep. idea that we well, try to win the same every week. There's going to be a little extra sense of urgency. Well, yeah, um, we know uh, t- statistically NFL teams that start 0 2 have a very hard time making the playoffs. So Packers certainly are, are not going to want to do that. Um, but you can you can play a team tough and still lose by 10 or 14 points. And that's what I think is going to happen. Like you're going to walk out of there going, okay, I don't think the gap is as big as everybody would like to as the Packers would like you to think it is. But as a Bear fan, I can't I can't go into this thinking that um, off of um, 
an offseason of kind of tinkering around the margins with your roster and upsetting the Niners, that all of a sudden you should expect to go up there. And if you don't beat the Packers in Lambeau or lose by a field goal, that it's a disappointment. I just, I no, 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 but, but okay. But let's say you lose by 21. Well, it depends on how it happens though. Right. Like if you get dominated, if you, if the offense is shit and you can't move the ball yeah, and the defense is hanging on for dear life. And it's like, I could have been worse than that. Then yes, you leave there thinking, fuck, where are we? Right. Um, but I mean, if you get into it and you know, you're down a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter and you're trying to, you're, you know, we're going to, we got to score and try to get the ball back and you end up, you know, given the Packers decent field position, they score again before the end of the game. You, you've not, you're not really that, you know, in that case, 21 or 14, it didn't fucking matter. You were trying to get back in the game at the end. You weren't just trying to hang on for dear life. Sure. The but real I think test that's... for me comes when they play them later in the season. Although it's not that much later, right? They have a weird schedule where they... Oh, no, that wasn't it. That was a different thing. They play them later in the season. That, to me, is when... That's when you'll be able to actually measure. The Bears will have games under their belt. You know, sanded off whatever edges there were. You need to be competitive with the Packers then. That'd be great if they go up there and beat them. That would be amazing. Yeah, oh, it'd be incredible. I I, I just think there's a... I, pers- I think there's a gonna, there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on this game. A lot of... A lot of um, right, but okay. internal or external? External, of course. External Bear Packer sure. games are always overhyped, regardless. Right. Because right, I thought right, your right. I thought your point was the Bears are going to come back demoralized, season on the brink already after a week, after two weeks. If they go up and get and and it looks doesn't look great against Packers. My whole thought is you get them twice. Yeah. And you better punch back in game two if you don't play well in game one. That's when I I'd start th- to worry. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about going up and, you know, there's going to be a correction. And I think the Bears, this schedule doesn't work out for them. Going to Green Bay the week after the Packers lose the open are bad. Yeah. It doesn't really, it, it doesn't play well into the Bears' hands. So I'm I'm not going to automatically just be like, well, shit, they're, you know, none of this shit works. Yeah, yeah. Although I reserve judgment. I might want to fire Matt Eberflus after two weeks. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, no, I, I, I do think there's a lot riding on You've got Luke Getzey coming back. I do think, you know, internally with a team like this, they got to be – I think internally right now the team mindset is, hey, I don't care if it was a monsoon. We won the game. The Niners, we played – both played in the same conditions. We won. That's a big improvement. We wouldn't have won this game last year. No. I think everybody would – right, everybody agrees with that. So I think if you're of that mindset that there's no way we win this game last year, if we know – there's no way we win this game under the Nagy regime, if we go up to the to Green Bay – if we get our asses handed to us, if we're not competitive or if we do the same old, you know, dumb bear shit that we do, all of a sudden you're a lot less confident as a team. Like, oh, you know, right now they're thinking, hey, same conditions, monsoon, both teams played in them, we won. If we get your ass kicked by Green Bay, it's like, oh, maybe things aren't, maybe, yeah, maybe it was the conditions. Maybe we did win because of the monsoon. Maybe we're not that good. Maybe the direction we're heading in isn't that much different. That's my concern. Well, so you go to Green Bay on Sunday night and then um, win. And conversely, by the way, as I and conversely, if you win, holy shit. Yeah. We're on to something here. Then yeah. you're off to Houston. After yeah. right. So to me, that's the, if you get, if you, if you get beaten, don't play well against Green Bay. You need to take advantage of the fact you're playing the Texans in week three. You have to win that game. 
And then if you right. don't, then you're in the, oh, shit. You know, where yeah. where really are we? Yeah. Um, but it is funny, right, how you go into the season and fans are like, well, I know this team's bad. Right. And then they beat the Niners, and everybody's like, well, you know, we beat the Niners. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Week, we, yeah. beat, what if we upset Aaron Rodgers? We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Um, I get the feeling from the Flues. The Flues. That there's a... There's a big picture feeling about this entire season that there are there has to there's be, right? there are there markers they need to hit and that they're not necessarily we need to go nine and eight or we need to be a playoff no. team or we need to be whatever. This is the honeymoon season. We're not we we all know we're not going to make the playoffs. We just want to see a better brand of football. We want to see things heading in the right direction. And absolutely, that's the big picture for this year. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Ryan Poles, the thing you're really looking for is you need to have a good enough season. Or you, even if you go six and eleven, you want people to go. You know who's t- you know who was a tough out as the Bears, right? Because exactly. you're trying to sell exactly. the Bears on to free agents, right? Uh, yes. I mean, so like Dave and I talked about it on, or no, it's Marcus Ellis and I talked about it with the Cubs. Um, the Cubs have a luxury tax that they're paying, even though they're not in the luxury tax. When they go to right. sign free agents, they've got to convince those guys that you don't have to come here and lose for a few years. Absolutely. Uh, but if you're a player and you're like, well, I kind of like coming to Wrigley, but yeah, I, if you're going to offer me that amount of money, I'm, I can go play for the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. Now, if you want to pay me a little more, maybe I'm willing to sit out to, to ride this out with you. So you pay a tax right. on that end. The Bears are in a similar situation. Without question. Where at the end of the season, if people look at them as, well, they've got a quarterback and they've got a really good defense and what they need are weapons, and I'm a weapon, I want to go there. So this whole season is about positioning yes. yourself as. And so you're right in the case if you lose a 49 to three to the Packers in week two, probably doesn't uh, probably doesn't bode. It puts you behind an eight ball that you're going to spend a lot of the season trying to get out from behind, just for the perception that you're a worthy free agent destination. Because right. money money rules that decision. But if a good team and a bad team are close. And money, and money, you're gonna go play for the good team. Guys want to play for a winner, no doubt about it. And you know the the most the the most important thing that I want to see out of the Spurs and we've seen it and we saw it in week one is Justin Fields. You know he he is a guy who is he looked incredibly poised. We know he's he's incredibly talented. We I mean you couldn't he looked you know he looked magnificent in week one and he just, you hope at the end of this year he, he's able to keep it up. He's able to stay healthy. They're able to protect him. He's able to thrive under Getz's system. That that free agents go. You know what? I want I want to play with Justin Fields. That guy looks pretty damn good to me. He's not the only quarterback who does it, but because I, I saw him do it a couple of times, I thought, oh, you got to knock that shit off. There's a lot of court- Joe Burrow did it in the where they do this thing where they run, and because they're quarterbacks, they decide at the last minute they're going to slide. Yeah, and then they get hit because. They're, they slid late, and their head is the last thing that's still up. Um, you know, it's you. At some point, you've made yourself a runner. You need to protect yourself like a runner. Yeah. And he had the. I don't remember the order now. The, of this, of the two late hits, one was pretty weak. The other one was absolutely deserved. I think the first one was the one where one he was, was sliding by the sidelines and the Niner was trying not to hit him and basically like hit him with his yeah. arm in the head. 
the right. second one, the dude was late and hit him helmet to helmet and oh, it's he cost himself. Yeah. The guy had to go off to the blue tent of shame. Yeah. and <laughs> But Fields was fine. Yep. But right. it's like, okay. Because the other, there's two important things with Fields. He's, you want to see progress. You also want him to be in one piece at the end That's, of the season. Cause, absolutely. You know, it would be perfectly bears for him to like light it up in the middle of the season and just be like, holy shit, there's our guy. And then by the way, oh yeah, he, um, he's, he, he basically is out for the next two and a half years, but he broke every bone in his body. Right. He tore seven ACLs. Does he have seven ACLs? <laughs> oh, so well, we have Tremor Simeon. It will be fine. <laughs> right. It is nice to have a quarterback take you actually worry about though. It is nice. I mean, by it, like year three of Mitch, it was like, Oh, is Mitch hurt? Well, yeah. The big deal. Yeah. Wait till Pittsburgh learns that lesson. Pittsburgh's already learned that lesson. The yeah. the game plan for Mitch on Sunday was um, handoff and to handoff some more. <laughs> and the only reason they got out of handoff some more was Najee Harris hurt his foot. And mm-hmm. uh, one Mitch's biggest pass play was on a flea flicker. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, well, we, can we trust him to throw this? Yeah, and another one. Deontay Johnson made one of the most ridiculous. I forget. I don't. I don't remember who was announcing the game, but they're like, as they were showing the replay, they're like, "That's the Jordan logo." Like he had, <laughs> he had his arm up above his head with the ball on it, and he had both feet like completely out, and he somehow tapped both of them on the sidelines. Right. It's like all right, because the first play, I had the red zone on the on one TV and the Bears on the other. I look up, I see the Steelers, Bengals, and the Steelers are down at like the five yard line. And Mitch drops back, and Chase Claypool is wide open running a slant into the end zone. And Mitch throws it so far behind him that Claypool had to stop and, like, spin in the air. And he made a great catch, but he landed at the one. And he was so pissed. <laughs> he got to the end zone. He's just, like, he's just looking at him like, I was basically by myself. Like, oh, I don't, I don't miss any of that. No, we do not. He's a nice kid. We do not miss that at all. But he's not a great football yeah. player. Yeah, right. Um, why do the Bears always have to play the Packers and Lambeau on national TV? Uh, I don't know. Can we just play those at noon when yeah. only our little part of the country has to see it all happen? Yeah. It kind of be like week seven. Like, you know, you already kind of know how the season is going at that point. See, not, that's why there's so much false hope. Well, it could be false hope. I guess we'll find out. But you know, one and no Bears going up to the Packers. Week two, we still got the Super Bear, Super, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bears. There's too much of that. Now. Oh, yeah. They don't play them again until week 13, right before the bye. Yeah. See, by week 13, we know, we will know where, what, you know, where the Bears are, obviously. And I think we, I think we will all know that they ain't making the playoffs. What we will, I don't what know. We will have now, listen to this. Look, okay. <laughs> See, so let's say the Bears beat the Packers. They go up there and they pull a second upset. Uh, see, then, you're falling into it now. Here then go, you get yeah. the Texans at home. Oh, I thought they went to Houston. Win. Texans are at home. Lovey's return. We'll give Lovey Three a polite golf clap and then kick his ass. Then they go to Three the Giants. Enough. Giants won that uh, fluky game against the uh, Titans. That's a win. Four and out. Four go to Minnesota. We're really, the reason to go to Minnesota is just so the McCaskies can go around and Ted can take notes. On the stadium, right. we like this. I like that. I don't yeah. like this. We lost thirty-five to three. That's fine. We got all kinds of cool shit. We're gonna put in our new dome. 
Yeah. Right. So they lose that one. But then they put the Commanders. See? Then they put the Patriots. Patriots lost by a million points in Miami. They're clearly not going to win a game this year. So that's a <laughs> clearly. Win. They play the Cowboys. Right. Dak won't be right. back yet. That's a win. That's a win. Cowboys suck. We saw that. So what are the Bears now? That's uh, Bears are 7-1. Bears are going to go twenty three and one this year. Then you get the Dolphins uh, at home. At home, they're not going to like. It's November. They gonna, they it'll, they be, lose it. it'll be forty degrees. Tua will be See? turtling. Right. Then you get the Lions. That's a win. Then you go to the Falcons. That's... Then the Jets. Another win. By the time you go back to Green Bay, if you beat, the, here's my prediction: If the Bears beat Green Bay on Sunday night, when yeah. they when the Packers come to town on the thirteenth, the Bears will be ten and two. Oh, no, I think they're going to be already have the North locked up. I think they're going to say twelve and zero, and and the seventy two Dolphins are lining uh, up to, to come visit. Well, no, because I already had them. I, uh, I I gave the Vikings a win, and uh, oh, you gave them a win. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that was I that. Have oh, 11 to one. Eleven to one. Give See, eleven to one. Yeah, but I don't, so easily... go, I, don't, I don't want it to be ridiculous at twelve and zero. Eleven to one, <laughs> and they will have taken the North, and they're not going to give it back. Right. Yeah. Uh, then they play the Packers. Um, they're going to want to have the division locked up by week 16 because they play the Bills. You're going to want to rest all your starters so that the Bills don't get a right. look at them before the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's just savvy. Play the second yep. string guys. Yep. Then wherever the Super Bowl is that I have tickets to. Right. Uh, all this because Bills the Bears won't know beat what the, hit them. All this because the Bears beat the Niners in a monsoon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, that's not right. Super Bowl is not. Is it at SoFi again? I don't think it is. That can't be right. That would be awesome for me. No, it's, but, in va- yeah. it's in. Uh, no. Why? Why is it so hard to find out? Oh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Oh. The okay. next 2024, it's in Vegas. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's the one the Bears should be targeting. Oh, I get I greedy. Like that. Go Super no. Bowl. Take a year, get your stuff together. Go to Super Bowl next year. We'll all go to Vegas. It'll be fun. Yeah, there you go. Now you're talking. I think it'll work. All right, let's see. what's uh, what, uh, what do the experts think here? Um, it moved a lot because of the, okay. because of the results. Before sure. going, bef- going into uh, Sunday, Packers by nine and a half. Yeah. After the Bears' huge win, Packers' embarrassing loss, Packers by nine and a half. <laughs> but the total went down from the over/under went from forty-five to forty-four. Wow! You want to talk about big moves? Yeah. So the clearly the uh, the touts in Vegas were very impressed. Uh, week yeah. one, yeah. they're like, "Yeah, what is it? Nine and a half? Yeah. Yeah, just leave it there. It's fine." Yeah. Right. Right. So there you go. So by your reasoning, if the Bears yep. cover. Yeah. See, we're on. If they don't, we're on. Fire everybody. Yes. Start over. Yeah. We gave you two weeks. You had your That's shot. Enough. You fucked it up. That's enough. Exactly. That's where I'm at. We spend next week assembling a list of bear coaching candidates. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott Frost is available, so you know he could slide he right in. He is. Yeah. How about the uh, decision-making in Lincoln? At the end of the month, his buyout could drop by 50%. You got to love like, that. Can't wait. Two weeks? Nope. Can't do it. It's got to go. Give, yeah. him a whole, give, yep. him a, give him all of it and get him out of here. 
Right. We're in the Big Ten. We get a we get we're gonna get a we're gonna get eight hundred million dollars a year in our TV deal. We can pay well, Squinny Squinny over true. there to leave. Yeah, it had to be part of the calculus. Oh, of course. They're like, course no, we can aff- we can afford to let him go. Let him go. We guess we'll get the fans off our ass for at least a week. Right. How about this? I don't I don't know who his replacement is, but he's he's not just the first black Nebraska football head coach. I know where you're going with this. He's yeah. the first black Nebraska coach in any sport. <laughs> Pete Ricketts, Nebraska friends. I had to reread that when I saw it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, really. Like, Wait, Ooh. say that again? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well. Yeah. No, congratulations to the Huskers. Um, I'm sure you didn't watch any of this, um, but I watched um, some of uh, Notre Dame Marshall. Mostly, oh, I watched, oh, I watched, you watched it. it. So what oh, did yeah, you think? Exactly. How, what did you think of some the high-quality broadcast team of Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. Uh, it was it was a public access level. You know, it was it was an NPR sweaty balls level it's uh, a, announcing team. It was it's terrible. A, it's a high school radio quality yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Now Notre Dame pays a relatively small amount. Or Notre Dame. The NBC pays Notre Dame, I think, $25 million a year in this deal. Right. It's about to be renegotiated, and the consensus is they're going to have to start paying $75 million a year. Um, at some point, if you're NBC, do you... This would be a crazy thought for them. I know, it would just blow them away. Maybe hire a college football uh, analyst to be your analyst instead of just who that? Who's the last guy on the set at Football Night in America? Okay, he can go do the games. Yeah, because that's and basically how they filled it. They went from the. This is how sad it is. The closest thing they've had to a college football um, analyst on Notre Dame games was Mike Mayock. Yeah, and the only reason you would say that is because he was the draft expert for NFL Network. He was paying a lot of attention to college football. Everybody else they've had. You know, Doug Flutie, Drew Brees, now Jason Garrett is literally their their real job is football night in America. So they're only worried about the NFL. And right. then they parachute in to do seven Notre Dame games or six, depending mm-hmm. on how many there are that year. And it's like, what are you guys doing? So they uh, they had Pat Hayden for a long time, which was ridiculous because they got an old USC quarterback as the Notre Dame. Yeah. But he was the best one they had because he was an actual college football announcer. He'd done it forever on CBS. He knew the coaches. He knew the players. He knew all that stuff. Right, right, right. And other than that, for when they first got the contract, they were literally just rotating the football, the NFL guys through. Like Chris Collinsworth yeah. would do three games. It just bitched the whole time about, you know, well, oh, this sucks and these these guys suck. And, um, yeah. I mean, he was Lou Holtz was the coach at the time, so it was you know it was he was probably right. But um, the and Jack is the first like Notre Dame alum. That they've uh-huh. ever had work on the broadcast. Now, I'm not saying that they have to hire a Notre Dame. This doesn't have to. I know they're doing all the Notre Dame games. I'm fine with them having just a, a an announcer and a college football analyst because you got two teams to cover, and that's fine. Yeah. But I mean, if you've you've given up now, I'm not saying that Jack and Jason weren't qualified. Uh, I, they did USFL <laughs> games 
together. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah. What a thrilling duo they are. Well, okay. If I'm Notre Dame, I'm getting to the Big Ten as quickly as I possibly can. No, they're not but... going to the Big Ten. They don't need to go to the Big Ten. They get all they the don't. money and they they get all they sit on all that cash. Although the uh, we'll see the we'll TV see. networks, the three that signed their deals with the Big Ten, so Fox, CBS, and NBC. There's an escalator in there if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten. There's a tremendous yeah. incentive for the Big Ten to add them. Oh yeah, but and Notre is there Dame has tremendous... always been like, eh, fuck it, we don't have to do that. Yeah, but it is yeah, but is there a tremendous incentive to pay Notre Dame seventy five million a year? Yeah, NBC? because NBC wants to have, they want more Enough. football, and I they know want but... more football. And now they've got a doubleheader every Saturday, starting whenever next year, two years when it starts. They got the Notre Dame game either in the afternoon or when they play like USC. It go that's their primetime game. And the other one goes down. They're not that's compared to what they've paid. To get the yeah. Big Ten, there's no way they're not paying $75 million to keep Notre Dame. What if the Big Ten says, yeah, you're not playing USC, you're not playing any of our teams anymore unless you join the conference? Because I'm pretty sure it's already in – USC already has it written in the deal. They and NBC it. said, of course they're going to fucking play USC because we've got both teams. Yeah, there's – this whole idea that they're not going to be able to schedule, they're not going to be able to do anything, that's all – none of that's going to come to – I know there are a lot of Notre Dame haters out there who would love to see it happen. It's not going to happen. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, but yeah. we'll see. I've, I, I've never bought into that argument before because that argument's been made for years, right? I'm starting to buy into it now. Which argument? That they have to join the Big Ten? Yeah. Right. That, that they're going to have problems scheduling and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. If they may, they may do it if the number gets big enough. Yeah, well, right. But I don't and think they, have, they, they at no point will have to do it. We'll see. I mean, they're you know, it's the no one two football team. Well, but that's that, I'm saying they've signed plenty of big deals off losing seasons. That's not. Uh, it's it's all inventory. In fact, right now there's they may be valuable because they're unaccounted for inventory. This this may be your 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 big play Bob Quinn moment where <laughs> you're from now you're like oh and no, I was saying all along the, the Notre Dame message. <laughs> I still don't like Robert Quinn all that much. Um. Seems like a nice guy, but uh, but no. Um, I don't. Know, did you catch any of the Manning cast last night? I caught not. No, I was I was at. Well, that's a, right. I was, was going to ask. You, I was we'll at an Emmy event. Get to that in a yeah. second. I, we're going to okay. finish up with you uh, telling us okay. tales of your Tinseltown tales. Um, yes. So I watched. I watched a little of both because all of a sudden the ESPN broadcast is not. Um, it's. It's Joe and Troy, who I actually like. I think those two right. are good. But I still want to get some of it. And so, fortuitously, I watched the end. When the Broncos uh, were just letting the clock tick down. They weren't in field goal range, and they weren't anything. And Peyton, Peyton yeah. you could see him. Peyton is literally signaling timeout for, He's half for 40 seconds. Oh my! That's God. how long. Though, the entire play clock went down. They only called timeout to avoid a delay game. They didn't call timeout strategically. He almost lost his mind. It was <laughs> um, yeah, and I got a little bit of the new number one team on Fox, the uh, uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Yep, and uh, they're fine. They were, man, they were good last year together. They'll be 
They're yeah, completely they're adequate. They're and poor totally. Greg has been doing a million interviews, and all he ever gets asked is, so how much does it suck that Tom Brady's going to take your job? <laughs> <laughs> right. Greg's basically like, I get to do the Super Bowl this year. So it's all so good I kinda for me. Win. I win, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, And he's going to be a – he's either going to get paid a lot of money to be the number two on Fox or he's going to be like the big free agent. And when one of Absolutely. these other jobs opens up, Greg's saying, hey, it's, Greg's pretty good. Right. Um, all right, I think that's – hit all the announcer stuff, yeah. All right, so last night was the Emmys. It was. And you got to go to an Emmy-watching party out there in Los Angeles. Yeah. Were yeah. you on a it was rooftop? It was like at a rooftop on top of a building. I was on top of the Godfrey Hotel. It was the the official LA viewing party for the Emmys, but it was not the Emmys. No, but yeah, you weren't in the Emmys. We knew that. Yeah, it was not at. I was not at the ceremony. No, right. You got to go to swanky. You got to go to swanky, swanky party. party. And rub, rub elbows with swanky people. With swanky people, yes, but uh, no celebrities. No celebrities that were, that were there. Um, so, do you think? Um, Better Call Saul didn't win an Emmy again. They didn't win a single one. They're now over 47. Which means they ain't going to win anymore. They ain't right. winning them next year. They are, But they are up the last five episodes of the season are eligible for next year. The right. problem, of course, is it's going to be so long after right. that um, short of an uh, Emmy campaign that AMC doesn't have the money to put on to remind yeah. the voters that in order they have the motivation Bob to. Odenkirk should win Emmys. Right. Plus, why why financially would it make sense for them to do that? So you can watch more Better Call Saul. There's no more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how was Tony Dalton never nominated for playing Lalo? Uh, Yeah, crazy. I mean, that would be a best supporting. Yes, you would think that's it's an easy choice. He's one of the most charming menacing villains in tv history. absolutely yeah. i mean that sh- that show should have walked away with so many uh, so many emmys you know barry same thing now barry is obviously is another you know it's coming back so there's another season yeah, there, it, it it pains me that jason sudeikis has two emmys for ted lasso and bill Hader has none for yeah i would be fine with them splitting them i think, and, ted's, and look, I, I think ted's a I, fine show I That's think it's a great show. I think it's, Jason's great. Yeah. I think it's. I enjoy it. I think it's really overrated, though. It's like I the amount that some people love that show. It's like, wait, are we watching the same show? Like, yeah, this is good. It's funny. It's yeah. Got, it's got a nice. I know you're saying. It. It's like, but what? Yeah. How the hell are you? I think it was a overreaction to the pandemic. People wanting to feel good, and Ted I think made them feel. I think good. there's some of that. Yeah, I think there's. Some and I think of that. Jason, if he had Jason Sudeikis alone in a room, he'd be like, I don't know why people love us this much either. I'm like, I'm glad people like us, but it seems a little overdone. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, Barry is like, I mean, you know, Barry's nominated for a comedy. But if yeah. you've seen the last season, it's like, is this a comedy really at this point? It kind of did a major shift there, too. Although so I think of... I think Barry had the single funniest scene on TV last year. And it was the one where he planted the bomb under the house. Yeah. The bomb, he couldn't get the remote thing to work and he had to call into customer service. Yes. And the great line, whoever the actress was who got to deliver it, you hear it explode and goes, oh, it sounds like we may have fixed your issue. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely yeah, fantastic. Good. Yeah, you got to love it. Yeah, and I think Barry also suffers from it. Um, so a lot, some HBO shows do this where it kind of disappears for like extra long time and then yeah, comes back. Yeah, totally. Yes. Um, but they're shooting now. They're in production now. Yeah. So, that sh- so Barry should be back, you know, 
2023 for sure, or if not early 2023. Because I heard some discussion on, I guess, on the Empire, um, the Empire podcast. I think it was their, I subscribed to their spoiler specials. I think it was a spoiler special for the new Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. And they're talking about um, just what, uh, visually, what an amazing show it is. For, I mean, it cost half a billion dollars, and you, but you can see it. Like you can, the yeah. half a billion dollars is like there for you to see. And um, what they were saying was, you know, it's already been renewed for season two, but they got like two and a half years to make season one. Yeah, they, Jeff Bezos isn't going to want wait two and a half years for season two. Oh no, he ain't. And the thing that plagues the Marvel shows, and some of the movies, is some of the special effects get a little wonky. And the reason mm-hmm. they get wonky is that Marvel is changing things up until the last second. And these visual effects houses who are really good at this shit don't get to spend as much time on it as they want. They like, can't, they're like, no, 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 we need, give us another two weeks and we'll do it. Nope. We're, you're done. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, no, right, right, we're right. not done. We had we had you're, showing half, you're gonna air yeah. half done work and somebody's gonna be like, who did, who did that? No, they yeah. suck. It's like, no, we don't yeah. suck. Marvel just has too many fucking balls in the air all the time, and they're like, oh, no, no, we gotta change this, because we changed it. This show, we just said it does this, so now in this movie, this has to change. So that thing yeah. we wrote, we gotta change that, and it's gonna go. Right. So they're very interested as to, um, you know, can they, how much money can you throw at a project if you shorten the timeline and still make it look like people want it to look like? Because it's... Well, I think, I'm assuming a, a lot of that it, that show is a movie on TV every week. It's amazing. Sure. It is. It is. So is the crown though, by the way, that's kind of like a movie on TV every week too. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of that investment though, you got to figure there's a lot of startup costs. So yeah. they it won't, you know what I mean? So they'll be able to, to benefit from yeah, that. I mean, they're going, they're shooting in New Zealand. They're using some of the old Lord of the Rings sets yeah. and stuff. And, right. Um, because some a lot of them are still there because they're making tourist attractions, <laughs> so they never got yeah, torn right. down. Yeah, like, right. Apparently, you great. can go you can go hang out in the Hobbit Village if you want. It's there. Yeah. Um, we should do a, we should do a podcast from there, Hobbit Village. We should. Like the the jet, the corporate jet there. Yeah, just for the round doors. Yeah. Um. All right. So I guess we uh, we need to pick. We need to pick, okay. make our picks, and then uh, let's do it. Then let's do it. Next week we'll do an exciting uh, podcast about the the huge Bears weather two and zero on the way to the Super Bowl. All right. Yes. All right. So uh, Packers by nine and a half. What do you think? Packers. Yeah, I don't. I. I, I yeah, I think Packers. Uh, boy, would I love to be wrong, but I think it's going to be Packers. Pretty would, pretty easily. Would you Would you be willing to bet some money on the early win? Well, at any point, no matter how bad the Bears lose, will the Bears have a 10-point lead at any point before mm, they lose? I think, that, I think that's an interesting bet. I think that could very well happen. Yes, It absolutely. happened last week. It happened last week. That's right. As I was saying when I was doing the uh, the read here on the ad, um, if you were a Bear fan who just figured, well, they're not going to be able to cover it. They're not going to be able to beat the – because you bet the money line on these bets. Yeah. The the early win is you just pick a winner. And then, um, so if you're a Bear fan, you're like, well, they're not going to beat the Niners. You got the best of both worlds. The Niners you totally got, got the nothing. You got paid right. immediately, and then you sat there and watched your team come back and kick their ass. So you right. had the money, and you yeah. had the win. That right. That's great. That's exactly what it I was invented for. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I also am dubious that the Bears are going to cover the spread. 
in yeah. Green Bay against the Packers. I do think uh, the the uh, the over under though is uh, interesting. Forty four. That's not a lot of points. That's not a lot of points. I mean, of course, the Bears uh, the the total this week was twenty nine. Yeah, a lot less. <laughs> True. And what the I don't remember what the, how bad the Packers was like. They lost what twenty to. Th- 23 to 7. They only got to 30. Do we we know a weather forecast in Green Bay? The early weather forecast was a chance of thunderstorms. Ooh. Oh, that would be fun. So let me call Tom Skilling here quick and uh, see. Yeah, get Skilling on the phone. Uh, Yeah, well, scattered. So uh, high of 79, so warm, scattered thunderstorms in Green Hmm. Bay. Hmm. Okay, so that's going to hold things down point wise. Yeah, uh, it's probably huh. the under. It's like play is is Packers yeah, I'm to cover, go under. Packers to cover and the under. And that's what I'm going to do too. And then yeah. sit there and when you watch the Bears lose, at least you walk out of there with some cash. Right there, you go, cash. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see it all play out and then we can recap it next week. Week one in the books. All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Many of us have herpes. I just want this to be over.